Hello everyone and welcome back to Around the Traps, a special collaboration between Talking League and Supercoach Whisperer. Jason Robson here, the host for episode 3, being recorded on Saturday, the January the 28th. Plenty to talk about from the week that was, but the main thing is, is we need to get our panellists in first. And from Talking League, we've got TK, mate. How are Hello, Robbo. Very, doing very, very well. My aircon just broke, so I'm a little bit sweaty, but I'm ready to rock and roll, man. We've got some good stories today. Not a great time for your aircon to break down after you've been training the house down all, all morning. <laughs> well, that's true. I try my best. I am 40, though. So my trainer had a massive go at me this morning, said I didn't have much heart when I was boxing. But it is what it is. You know, we can't be great every day. So there's always tomorrow. There is always tomorrow. But fortunately, today, we've got Supercoach Whisperer with us. And Josh, how are you traveling, mate? Uh, hello, everyone. Unlike TK, I've actually moved my setup downstairs to be parked right under the aircon, so uh, no house is being trained down for me, but sitting in a much more comfortable position than TK. And Robbo, how arousing is Josh's like fade at the moment? His haircut is just stellar. <laughs> it is absolutely stellar, yeah, he's certainly doing us, and he's got us one up with the spectacles as well, which I understand for people listening to the podcast are going to go, what are we talking about? But uh, no, looking sharp there, which is uh, exactly what we need for this podcast on a Saturday. If you uh, if you can't play good, at least look good. That's it. All gear, no idea. Exactly. That that, that just sums up my career in general. I reckon <laughs> it's probably the same for all three of us. I would argue. <laughs> but lads, plenty to plenty to talk about this week, and we're going to start in Southeast Queensland. And TK, we spoke about this story in week one in relation to who will play fullback for the Dolphins, and Coach Bennett's had a fair bit to say this week in relation to the spine. Yeah, it seems like Hammer's taken that number one jersey. You know, considering that Tessie New got bought very, very late in the piece, and you'd think that Hammer's a better centre than Tessie New, it's pretty a little bit surprising, but probably not. Wayne Bennett just, he does, you know, play his cards pretty close to his chest, but not this time. It's good to have actually get some news from him. So in terms of Hammer and his fantasy relevance, well, it does increase slightly at fullback. I guess the biggest thing about him is he does have that dual positioning. You know, at fullback average over 16, uh, 16 games from his career, 32, doesn't have the work rate of the likes of Tedesco and the likes. Probably doesn't have the ball playing to also match those top-line fullbacks, but he can find the try line. 372k, a dual, 35%. So I think everyone's got to take a little choice here. Are you going to just follow the pack or are you going to anti-pot him? I think you could go either way. We're going to talk about another guy, Remus Smith, later in the show, but they're probably the two that are going head-to-head in my team. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of coaches are probably making a decision between those two at the moment. And Josh, from a super coach perspective, is there anyone in the spine that's uh, of interest from the Dolphins? I mean, if Sean O'Sullivan didn't kill it as much as he did last year, then the price wouldn't be inflated. Uh, Milford is, is an enigma. Can we really go back there? And, you know, JMK, fantastic year at the Bulldogs, but just see that attacking output limited. As TK alluded to, I guess the, the really intriguing thing is Bennett has praised uh, Hamiso, you know, he's very skilled. You can't coach that. Uh, he's just got speed movement to burn. Saying all the right things, and it's, it's going to get us really, really aroused, but you know, push comes to shove, who knows? I think Hammer, I think across both formats, is very, very polarizing. Some people love him, some people hate him. Um, yeah, time, time will tell. It certainly will. And another experiment that might, uh, might, if I take a bit of time to see what the results are, is Papa Lee is actually going to be going back to the left edge this year, Josh, when he rolls out for the Tigers. Yes, yes. Very good news for Luke Brooks. Um, lining up that left edge, trying to give Brooksy all the support. The right edge is going to be still you know, determined whether it's whether they're going to play you know, Bateman at 13 and, and Blood Bloor or, or you know, play 
Bateman outside of Dewey. But overall, Papali is, yeah, training uh, a lot at left edge. Did a lot of that for Parramatta in 2021 as well. Um, and you can see the difference that uh, someone like Appy Coruscant is making to the side as well. You know, Brooks has had huge wraps on, on the new recruit in Appy. Uh, but also, it's got to be fantastic for Brooks to have that confidence as one of the best back rowers to be on his outside. I think it's just going to help him a lot in defence. Um, you know, Brooks has come out and said he's looking really for looking really forward to playing with Papali'i, and I think he is someone that will suit my game. Brooks also added, so you know, is this the year that we finally see it all put together for the Tigers and Luke Brooks? Uh, you know, the Tigers have made it pretty clear that he's their man moving forward, shipping Jackson Hastings out. So. Doing all I can for for Luke Brooks to get him in the position. What are we thinking with uh, you know ice for for fantasy? Is he just that slightly overpriced based on his Eels production? Because in Supercoach, um, he did lose that front row forward status, which mm. he was huge for us. Um, but what are we thinking for fantasy? Do we expect the output to drop off uh, ever so slightly? It's a great question. Like I was having a look at that and doing a little bit of study for this podcast, and you think sixty-three average two thousand twenty-one. As you said, he had a you know career year switching between the left and the right. Was just on the right edge last year's average of sixty-two. But it just seems the drop-off between the grand final team and the team coming off the wooden spoon. I know that they've signed six or seven really really good players, but there still will be a bit of a transition period for them. They're not going to automatically be a top four team as well. So I do maybe think that he will lose maybe five points. You think his base will probably still. Be be there because he's a monster right he averaged 35 tackles 138 meters gain last year i can't see that changing what i do really like is the fact that brooks has a pass first mentality the way he has a run first burn mentality so i think he's found himself on the right edge there's just 886k for a team that is coming off the wooden spoon i think you'd rather just find the cash to either get a cam murray and get a little bit of certainty or maybe take a punt maybe more of a david Fafita. He is 80k more than Cam Murray in Supercoach. So he is the Ooh. highest 2RF by far. Yep. Um, because obviously, you know, we favour attack and, and IPAP put that out, you know, galore last year. But yeah, for 80k cheaper, you can get a Cam Murray with more certainty. And if you're chasing upside, 200k cheaper gets you for feeder. I just don't think he can match that 79 average that he had in Supercoach last year. Mm. Same way with you with guys with fantasy. You think maybe five or six points overpriced. Um, but definitely, I think we'll be in a lot of our sides at the end of the season if he does bottom out. Yep, like that. Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly on the Tigers, with the fact that Papa Lee is going to be on the left edge, does this make Adam Dwayne less tempting in both the fantasy and super coach perspective? Uh, yeah. I, uh, TK, you can allude to it to fantasy, but but super coach, I mean, Adam Dewey is just, you know, the same as Cam Munster. You know, he'll always want his hands on the footy. He'll always take a run, um, loves to get in for a tackle. I don't think his work rate's going to change. Um, and if it is John Bateman outside of him, Bateman's not going to stand there for 80 minutes and not get the ball. So. Uh, expect the Tigers to, to probably have more attacking output across the park. Uh, Dewey is still a guy that I'm really, really looking towards for Supercoach. Yeah, just it, it's yeah. I'm with Josh. Like I don't think like he loves setting up people, and the team's better, right? I think their tries and the amount of goals that he'll be kicking as well will just naturally go up. The only thing I worry about is just the kick meters. If they want Brooks to take control of this team. I think that means that Luke Brooks will be doing a hell of a lot more kicking or it'll be more of a balanced split between the two. But just on the Tigers, hearing rumours that Justin Matamua is doing a lot of work at 13. So, little I th- cheapy. I think, I think the house the house has been trained down. <laughs> the whole village has been trained down, I reckon. But strange, the centre of excellence. The centre of excellence has to be rebuilt because Matamua has just torn it down. <laughs> But mate, big raps on him, right? And they're talking about they need, to, yeah, they need to mix up between having that balance of experience and youth, 
And you just can't have all the experience starting at once and then all the youth coming off the bench. I think you've got to mix it up a touch. Alex Fowle coming off those head knocks as well. Could be a big opportunity for a young fella. In fantasy world, he's 230K. Joshy, what's he in fantasy? Uh, sorry, super coach. Bottom dollar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and huge wraps. Like, I'm a Tigers fan trying to trying to hold the Woody under the desk. But, you know, the the, the experience that we've got in the forwards mixed with, the, you know, the, the likes of the youth that we have coming through as well. Um, that's why I really do like the signing of, of David Clemmer. I think he's going to provide a, a lot of off-field one percenters that you know the likes of Stefano and Fanil Bolle yeah. uh, will really benefit from as well. So huge, huge things from the Tigers. And I think it, it will definitely increase everyone's fantasy and supercoach averages across the board. Yeah, I, look, I live really close to the Concord base and they had a fan day yesterday and it was packed to the rafters. So the Tigers fans are very, very excited in the area and the players got out there and mixed with the with the crew as well, which was good to see. So yeah, maybe some exciting times for you Tigers fans there, Joshy. Very much so. Um, not exciting for Remus Smith, however, Robbo. No, not at all. Uh, so, as we know, Smith last year, pectoral and hamstring injuries have been the bane of him in the last 12 months, and we're not expecting him to line up in round one, and unfortunately also missed the Māori All-Stars game in the preseason. So, TK, a lot of us have been looking at him in fantasy. Mm. Uh, pretty much have to put a line through him for the first few weeks, I would assume. Mate, if the news is true and he's not going to play that trial, it's going to be very hard to take him. It's a long way back. By the time he would have played again, you know, you're going close to, what, 11 months. I'm still pretty keen. What I'm keen about in comparison to Hammer is the fact that he plays in what I believe is a top six team. So, the opportunities outside. Like, Hammer's going to have to create, I think, a lot of opportunities for himself. And I just think that Remus getting fed, especially if Jerome Hughes is back to full health. You know, Jerome Hughes had a lot of issues with his calves last year, so he wasn't running the ball a hell of a lot compared to the previous few years. So if he's back to full fitness, they lock who the right edge going to be. A lot of people, whether assume it might be Eli Katoa, I think maybe he has the front running at the moment. Could be a nice little New Zealand edge there with Hughes, Katoa, Remus Smith, and then I'm not sure. Narrative. Who, yeah, a bit of a narrative there. Iremima, I'm sure he might have some Polynesian blood in him as well. So that could be the right side, Kiwi side, and I like that. But it's one of those things you can't – I don't think I'm going to take him if it's sight unseen. I think I do need to see him play a try if I'm going to, if I'm going to pick him up. Yeah, absolutely. And there's going to be plenty of other centres available at the start. And we were actually seeing a lot of it. And discussion that was had on the live this week in terms of actually taking a top dollar centre, which is um, very interesting. And Josh and Super Coach, is that something that happens often with your centre wingers? You know, taking the high price players, or you tend just to go bargain basement? Normally, normally I play bargain basement, but doing a little bit of digging, uh, centre wing was the position that scored the most at a hundred points games last year, uh, and it wasn't close. Um, we talk about fullbacks and halfbacks being staples, but yeah, for Super Coach, centre wing was was huge. So a lot of people are targeting someone like a Val Holmes with the early draw. Um, but just on Remus Smith, it seems like a lot of teams are battling it out for that final spot in their sides between Tommy Talau uh, from the Tigers on that left edge we've, we've spoken about before uh, and Remus Smith. So if Smith is out for round one, two or, or three, then you'd think uh, Talau's stocks go up a lot in, in fantasy and super coach owners because I know that Talau is uh, a hot property in, in both games. So I think it, it's a battle between those sort of bottom dollar, mid-range centers, but going the, the premium route, spending the money, it definitely is, is a viable option this year, just because with how attacking the NRL has become. Yeah, absolutely, and I love that you shoehorned another Tigers reference in there. I think 90% of the show thus far has been about the Tigers, which I'm sure <laughs> we'll get plenty of feedback about during the week. But we'll move away from the Tigers, we'll head a little bit further south, and we're talking about the Dragons, and TK, some uh, very unfortunate news in relation to Cody Ramsey came out this yeah, week. Yeah, poor old Cody Ramsey's going to miss the whole season, 
I can't even. You're better pronouncing stuff, Robo. Do you want to have a crack at pronouncing that? I believe it's ulcerative colitis. Yeah, there you go. Leave it to effectively, the effectively, um, you know, growths in in his colon, which apparently when they flare up, it's it's excruciating. So. Not not great for the kid. He was really finding his own uh, in mm. that fullback position last year. I know that there was a battle between him and Sloan, but it looked like Ramsey won it on merit and was really really coming into his own. Uh, it just sucks for the poor bloke that's you know this is this has kept him down. But he's been in very positive spirits that this isn't the end for him and and he will be back. And you know obviously we wish him all the best in, in his recovery. Yeah, definitely. But we can look at Sloan now, Strangey. It's going to be interesting. Like, he's going to have, what, an average of 33 at fullback. I think it's one of those set and forgets when it's 250K and the whole pack gets it. It's just not worth running against the pack on this one. You'll get a wing fullback who loves to find the try line. Still young, so probably still learning his craft a little bit. Can play with the ball a little bit in terms of ball playing, so I don't mind him. What about Supercoach, sort of? The only issue is the round one bye. We don't get... Unless we get confident mail, it's it's always going to be tough rolling in. Mm. Um, you know, Hook shown that Sloan wasn't good defensively and did drop him at times last year. Um, I think the injury to Sullivan has helped Sloan's case because, you know, that maybe pushes them by to, to six or bird or whatnot. Um, but the round one by is always troubling because we're not going to see a team beforehand. If we, if we see Hook roll out his best 13, you know, week two of the trials... We'll put my mind at ease, but I think I'm going to be running him regardless. Yeah. Take, take the gamble. I think the upside is just too high. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year Sloan was just way overpriced for round one. Yeah. Uh, now he comes back in at close to, to bottom dollar. Well, 2021, he finished with a 59 and 66, so that put him just way over in fantasy land. But you're right, that second trial, the Charity Shield, they need to win that game for us to get any clarity. Like I was, when we, I recorded the preview, the Dragons preview with Corby the other day, and that was the biggest thing. Like there is some value in their team, but it's just like, all right, what happens if they sit a few people for the Charity Shield? Then what happens? Like even Jack Bird, like he's, because he's so efficient in five different positions, they have one injury and all that. Like his best position for us in fantasy would be him playing lock, but the, you know, the chances of him staying at lock probably is very very low because he's just missed to fix it. Well, that's the thing. Like the the worst case scenario is Hook rolls out his best thirteen for the charity shield and then get rolled over like thirty to six, mm. and then we don't have a round one TLT to give us any clarity. And then you know round two comes around, Sullivan's back and and Bi plays fullback, and Sloan's just left out in the cold. So it's a gamble, but I think it's a gamble with upside. Yeah, great point, mate. But if oh, let's hope they don't do thirty to six. Anything, just close, please, boys. Yes. Considering it's a preseason game, I'll allow it. <laughs> I think they actually won last year from memory in, in the charity shield, but you know, I don't think it says much about the season anyway. Because there's been a fair few times we've absolutely towed them up, and then the dragons have got off to a red hot start, been March premiers, and then um, you know faded back into obscurity. Well, that's, that's the thing. I think everyone, every man and their dog, tipped them or the Cowboys to be the spoon last year, and both both sides were you know uh, exceeded expectations. So so who knows? Like. Um... It's it's hard, but yeah, I think the the big worry is that round one buy and not get getting any clarity over positions. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. In fantasy, I think we'll find most people will take Sloan as a nice looper for for round one, and probably not many other players besides that. Moving to our final story, uh, a former Dragons junior. We're talking about Ruben Garrick here now. TK, he's come out with an interview this morning uh, in Fox Sports, suggesting that. The rumours about him wanting to play centre and that being part of his contract negotiations are in fact true. 
Yeah, it'll be good to see him there because that's his junior position. And I guess his development as a player over the last two seasons has been absolutely outstanding. He went from 2021 being one of the best try scorers and then getting plenty of game time at fullback last year covering Turbo and just showing his quality. You know, the Knights wanted him, got him a big deal. I actually would have preferred to see him go to the Knights more than Lachlan Miller because Lachlan Miller is kind of untested in a poor team. Garrick was playing fantastic football in a poor team, which probably is a little bit more comparable in terms of the sample size that we've got. But it'd be interesting for round one, given that Jason Saab's still coming off his ACL injury, there is a bit of a pocket there because you would have to think that Tolotau Kohler would lock up one centre given how good he is. Both of us, all three of us have spoken about maybe them resting Turbo as well. So maybe Garrick goes back to fullback for round one or does Kohler go back to fullback? But... The other uh, interesting question, does that opens up a wing spot because Jason Saab isn't there? So do they play the safety and play Garrick at, on the wing or do they bring a young guy up like K.O. Weeks? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would love to see K.O. Weeks get a game and a lot of Manly supporters do as well because as we spoke about in our Manly pod, which will come out probably next week, Manly supporters are very worried about him being Clint Gutherson Mark II. Mm. And... Uh, Josh, in terms of what you've seen from from Manly's uh, projected teams, how do you think this is going to play out? I got no idea. Like, <laughs> obviously, obviously, Turbo lines up fullback when fit. Yes. So you've got probably six to seven names that need to fit in four spots. You got Christian Tipolotto, as you've mentioned, Jason Saab out with his ACL. You got Kula, who's got all the potential in the world. Do you go safe hands in someone like a Morgan Harper or a Brad Parker? Ben Trevojevic is always going to be there or thereabouts. It's, there's a lot of names to fit into not many holes, and it's going to be very interesting considering Manly do have that buy in round two. How does new coach Anthony Seabold line up? Does he does he just rest Turbo round one? Does he give Collar a shot at fullback? Does he go to Garrick? I, I think if Des was the coach, we have a little bit of preset to work back on, but Seabold, new man, like new coach, it's sight unseen, and I'm not really keen on any of, any of the backs across both formats. Yeah, no, and that's the thing as well with Seabold. As we know previously, he's loved to blood young players and give them an opportunity, but he seems to be maybe a little bit hesitant now. He doesn't want to rush too many in, so potentially Weeks might be a player that might just be an odd man out just because of the fact that he's only a six or a one. And But you know, Gary just said here that you know it's his preferred position, so I think he's going to really, really push hard for it, and if that was something that he negotiated for in his contract, uh, you'd expect to see him wearing the number three or four at some time this year. Interesting because I genuinely think he could get good fullback money. If he went to the Knights, I think you know he could solidify himself as a very, very good fullback and get very, very good fullback money. Um, so he must yeah, have a real passion for, for one Manly or to play in the centres and, and maybe the Manly project that he's seeing is a, is a bit better than what the Knights are building. But yeah, it's, I, I think it's a big gamble from Garrick, but yeah, hopefully it pays off because I do think the financial reward for fullback and, and his ability um, could you know, benefit him. But, yeah, very excited to see him potentially slot in, in the centre sometime this year. Yeah, no, it remains to be seen whether he will slot in there. But if he does, he'll probably give Val Holmes a good run for his money as a goal-kicking centre in fantasy. So that's the major stories for this week. We'll just go through a couple of minor lines from the week that was. And talking about Lachlan Miller, Barry Tui, Corby's mate uh, from the Newcastle Herald, reporting that Lachlan Miller probably will get to the Knights next week. And the rumours are that it's going to be Highly regarded Ford, Max Bradbury, who will be heading in the other direction. And TK, I've heard some really good things about Max Bradbury. You must be pretty excited about getting a very, very highly regarded young Ford in exchange for what we have to describe as an inexperienced fullback. Yeah, absolutely. Given that what we wanted to get 
that I think is pretty good. Comes really, really good wraps. And I did speak to the Sharks actually. They confirmed that Lockie Miller will be at training at the Knights on Monday. So I don't understand this deal. Yeah, <laughs> at all. I think it's just it's goodness of his heart. He was the Knights' negotiation from the Shark side has been similar. So you know when you're in a draft comp with a mate and they're trying to trade you the biggest piece of shit for your quality and they just won't get let it go. That's what the Sharks have literally described the Knights' negotiations as. I, I just... I don't get it. Like, I thought Bally Hodge had had huge wraps on him. Um, oh, and, you know, to, to, to give it to a 28-year-old fullback unproven who's played, what, six games of, of first grade? Jo- Joshy, like... I'm actually going savage over him at the moment. I'm not convinced that Miller going to a bottom eight team is going to have the same output that he did at the Sharks. Like, his role at the Sharks was very simple. What about on a super coach front? Like, how did he score in super coach last year? Uh, he was great. Now, now he comes in at a, at a really awkward price range. Yeah. Uh, and, and some people are taking a punt. He was in my team for a little bit. But, you know, in a super coach game, you can get Brian Tyro for a little bit cheaper, who, you know, Pedigree proven, cheaper. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and 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 the big bounce back narrative for Brian Toto. Uh huh. I just and fantasy look, he's you know a good price. He's a good mid range price, and he'll probably find his way into my my team. But just from an NRL point, like I don't understand it. If if Max Bradbury's rated as high as he is, and Miller, I think people forget Miller's nearly twenty nine. Yeah, like he's he's not a young kid. Like he's he's old. And KP at six, we saw it in twenty nineteen. Wasn't fantastic. And no disrespect to Jackson Hastings, but I'd probably have Mitchell Pierce as a better halfback. Mm. Well, absolutely, he's a premiership winner. It, it didn't work then. I'm sight unseen. I, I think this screams of a desperate coach trying to throw shit at a wall and, and hope something sticks. Yeah, good, good analogy there, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, yeah, no. Lockie is actually quite old because he was the year below me at school. But uh, yeah, it's. Just peaks of desperation from the Knights, as you said there, Josh, because obviously Garrett was the big target, and as we were talking about before, he would have been a fantastic fit there because he's played a lot of fullback and shown that he has the ability to distribute the ball. He's a great goal kicker and runs the ball back quite well. Uh, whatever, which Miller can... Whatever Garrick wanted, I'd pay him 20% more and get him in because, I, yeah, like I said, I rate Garrick quite highly at fullback, and I think he would have been a great fit. Boys, this Dom Young thing starting to get a bit ugly. His manager is shopping him to like all, every single club in the NRL. He's just only just come back from the World Cup. The Knights are the ones that brought him over from England. Have, you know, like they haven't had the best last year, but, you know, they improved his game significantly last year. So I'm surprised that, he, you know, he could be out of the team as well if he just doesn't, you know, we've got that map of Malungi in the background as well. They could easily put Gagai back onto the wing. It doesn't, it's worrying signs coming out of the Knights, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. You, mate, you touched on the head. It just seems that they are so desperate. Like, it's, it, just, it, it just astounds me, though, because Peter Park came in last year and everyone regarded the work that he did at the Cowboys as really high-quality stuff and, mm. you know, Par being a Newcastle boy, that he'd come back and sort of clean things up. But I'd almost say it's almost been the opposite. And I don't want to, you know, disparage any of the players that they brought in, but it just seems like there's a lack of direction or clarity in what they're actually trying to achieve in the transfer market. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think AOB is the guy. Uh, I think that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, it's, it just hasn't worked yet, has it? Like the Knights have just been, they made the finals a couple of years, but it just seems like a lot of mediocrity since you know the mid two thousands. Yep, but they still keep turning up every single year, and full credit to them. They, they pack that stadium. Mike DMs are going to get absolutely blasted in about an hour. 
Too much Tiger chat and too much Knights disparaging. Uh, yeah, you'll be also very popular in talking league circles as well. Speaking of another player, though, that's capable of playing at fullback, and we'd love to see play at fullback someday, is Herbie Farnworth, and he's signed up with the Broncos until 2025, which I think is a great get for him because uh, he could have easily gone elsewhere and probably got a fullback slot somewhere. So that's a great renewal there for the Broncos. Robbo, just on uh, Herbie, just, just sorry to cut you off, mate. I just had a little look because I was just doing a short video on Herbie because, you know, I was looking for a good centre. In fantasy land, he's only played three times with Ezra Mann, but he, he averages 50 with him. And he's found the trial line plenty of times. Like, I'm not going to get him in round one, but I'm super keen to see what these two do in the preseason and then maybe three or four games together. Herbie doesn't play Origin, and his skill set is incredible for me. And he gets down and dirty as well, hasn't had the best of luck with injury, and does lose his jaw in fantasy-wise. So that's my only two down points. But I am very keen, if you're looking for a pod, don't get him round one, but stick him on the watch list. I think him and Ezra Mam, and including Walshy out the back, that could be dynamite, that left edge. When are you going to give up this Broncos narrative? What are we? We're, we're, we're at the end of January. How long are you going to hold on to this? Mate, I've got a Roosters. Oh, I'm back on the Roosters narrative. one, mate. Mate, I'll just put a video up. I've put, said, I've put a little disclaimer. Don't get him to around four. <laughs> Herbie, like, he had a phenomenal season last year, didn't he? Like, Katoni Sags, yeah. we found out this week, was battling with a lot of injuries and probably wasn't playing his best footy. And Herbie really took that mantelpiece as that Broncos centre. And he was simply sensational. And as Robbo said, I think he generally could have got fullback money if he decided to, to leave. Mate, Staggs is as well. Staggs is coming second year off ACL. Like, I think he'll bounce back as well. He's actually cheaper than Staggs. It's not Staggs. Herbie on a, on a fantasy basis. So I expect both of them to do very, very well. Might need to make some amendments to, uh, to my fantasy team after this call, boys. <laughs> Might need to. And speaking of the Broncos, got a couple more bits and pieces on them. So we would have seen that the news broken by Travis Main yesterday that the Bulldogs have signed Carl Olopu uh, on a significant contract, and they offered the Broncos five hundred grand as a transfer fee, and the Broncos accepted it. So that's a nice little pocket there for the Broncos, and I think that's a signing that works out well for everyone. Obviously, the Broncos had a player that wasn't happy with uh, the setup that he was currently in and saw a better opportunity at the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs obviously get a very talented young player and he's regarded as one of the best 18-year-olds in the country. So be interesting to see how he goes. I think we might see him halfway through the season uh, for the Bulldogs, so keep an eye out for him. Yeah, a bit of a pathway there for him as well. The Bulldogs don't have a you know lockdown seven, so you know if, if he is blooded, um, some footage of him, he does look very, very elusive. Not too sure if he fits the seven mould. Looks like a really quality six, but you know, if the Bulldogs can harness him, then he's all the talent in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the way the Burton plays, he can pay as a de facto seven anyway. So it probably won't matter too much who has the jerseys on if they want to stick those two in the halves. And I'd love to see those two play together because, yeah, I think that'd be a great combination. And just lastly on the Broncos, Ted Roker again coming in with some more great insight from Broncos training. Kurt Capewell and Corey Oates were not running with the main group this week. However, there's apparently no long-term concerns there. Just want to give a quick plug to Ted Roker. If you guys, uh, you know, he's probably the king for anything Queensland news. Bloke is an absolute demon on Twitter. So uh, my shout out to Ted Roker. Jump on his socials because he's an absolute weapon if you're looking for anything. Titans, Dolphins, Cowboys, uh, Broncos news. Awesome. Yeah, no. He's doing a great job there at 10 News. And the last story that we've got is in relation to the All-Stars game, which, of course, this year will be hosted by the Maori All-Stars in Aotearoa at the Rotorua International Stadium, and both teams have been announced. Now, from your perspective, boys, is there anyone that you're really looking forward to seeing this year that might sort of, you know, showcase their ability as a fantasy or super coach asset this year? I mean, I'm just excited to see Joe Tarpany play some footy again. I think we all are. Um, he was 
sensational in, in both formats last year and obviously Joey Marno as well. Um, see what kind of role he possesses because I know that there's a bit of a narrative being spun on uh, on Manu across both formats, but both those Kiwi boys, I think I'm, I'm really, really keen to, to watch rip and tear. Yeah, especially Joseph Tarpany. Like, he's a monster. I can't wait to see what he produces. I would love to see him do back-to-back seasons, but it's great to see it's over in New Zealand as well. You know, they've been starved of footy for the last few years, so it's, it's good to see. And I guess people will learn more about the Indigenous Australians as well, which is great to spread the, you know, a little bit of background of kind of, you know, their, their story as well. So we, uh, Are we getting some, uh, some more boys to men after the All-Star game? Potentially, mate. Potentially. Nico's playing. Well, hopefully it does rain in the also because Nico's performance just goes up 30%. Oh, any just... sex levels. This is beautiful. <laughs> oh, dear. I must state that we are recording this at 11 o'clock in the morning, not 11 p.m. Which, uh, you know, and my aircon's broken, from my so I'm super hot right otherwise. Now. But I think yes. the heat's gotten to, to TK's head in all honesty, huge, guys. Huge. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. We've got to finish this. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I also think it's good as well to take some footy to the Bay of Plenty in New Zealand as well. So that's all for this week in terms of the news and around the traps. And thank you for joining us for probably a bit longer episode than we planned. Uh, TK, great effort travelling through the heat here. Uh, what's coming up on Talking League this week? Yeah, plenty coming up. Tomorrow we're going to be dropping the West Tigers podcast. I'm just going to decide. I've recorded another six. So I'm just going to decide who else is coming out today. We've got Your Manly. We've got Dolphins, Dragons, Storm, Raiders and Titans to come. But Talking League textbook, that's out now. 20% of funds go straight to Bowel Cancer Australia. So Talking League, you can get your copy now at TalkingLeaguePod.com. You can also get a free sample of 20 pages if you want to have a little look before you, before you actually pick one up. Fantastic. And I hear that the Wednesday Q&A is going to be red hot as well. Mate, you are leading the, the charge this week. So you've got the seat. It'll be 7.30 New South Wales time, 6.30 Queensland time or 8.30 in New Zealand, mate. So looking forward to you taking the host seat in that one. You've done very impressively in hosting this show, so I'm looking forward to you taking charge of that one. Yeah, really looking forward to seeing Kyle in a pod. I actually haven't been on a pod with him in probably about six months, which is quite sad. And uh, Josh, another great stint from you today. What's coming up on the Dual Position podcast this week? Oh, mate, we are rounding out the 17-team preview. We touched on this last week, but Saturday, Sunday, final episodes, we drop in, then Monday, we're getting into the nitty-gritty stuff. So your, your long-form, stats-heavy, position breakdowns, the ones that everyone is keen for. I think uh, there's some unofficial trial footy uh, this weekend as well. So might have that one on the old second screen if uh, I can find a, find a stream. But very, very exciting times this year. is This time of year is always very exciting. I think arousal levels, interest levels, everything is just through the roof. Stop it. Stop it. It's all through the roof, and probably the length of this podcast is also through the roof. So we're going to leave it there. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you. See you, guys.